You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 12th, 2018. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about the Magic's free throw problems. It's been something that's been a problem for really six years now, but more acutely this year, especially after another game with the Magic shooting fewer than 10 free throws, only five in Monday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. I'll talk a little bit about the effects that that has had on the team and their overall offense. And one of the reasons why that's probably a big reason why this Magic team is still getting held back. How do, how do you resolve that? It's another question entirely. We'll also talk a little bit about Mo Bamba and where he's at. I did a playbook post on OrlandoMagicDaily.com the other day. Talk about some of my findings there about uh, the way Mo Bamba is playing defensively um, and, and, and discuss that in just a moment. So we'll have plenty to talk about there. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network to get you set for any upcoming game, for anything going on around the league. If you're looking to get a little bit better understanding of the Magic's opponent. There's a lot to understand with them of late. Uh, getting ready for Thursday's game against the Chicago Bulls. You can check out Locked On Bulls. They've had a lot of great coverage, a lot of great discussion on what is going on behind the scenes with the Chicago Bulls and new coach Jim Boylan. And apparently the frustration of players, um, especially after another loss to the Sacramento Kings. Definitely keep an eye on them if you want to get to the bottom of and understand everything that's going on. With the Chicago Bulls, Locked On Bulls is your source. You've got the national perspective on Locked On NBA as well as fantasy basketball perspective on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. There's a Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, plus the Locked On NBA, plus the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast, plus NFL, plus MLB. Remember, Locked On podcast, it's your team every day. To search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes today. A lot of people... I think coming into the season had very big expectations for Mo Bamba. And, and, and why shouldn't they? Sixth overall pick in a loaded draft. He was, at, at one point, the top overall guy a few years ago, actually. Um, but he was someone that, that Magic fans could get really excited about because he had something that, that maybe no other player on this Magic team really has, and that's the potential for an elite skill. That is the potential to be able to do something that no one else in the league can really do. There's no denying it. His length at, at seven foot two wing seven foot ten wingspan was something extremely attractive and extremely different. Bamba is someone that could change the Magic's defense. But it wasn't going to happen all at once. And for those thinking and hoping that his rookie year would be a coronation for what Bamba could be, you were always going to be disappointed. I sat here on this podcast throughout the entire offseason telling you and warning you exactly what to expect from Mo Bamba. There would be ups and downs as there are with any rookie. He needed to put on strength and muscle. His offense would probably be a little rudimentary. But through all that, I still said the Magic will be better defensively because of Mo Bamba. And that still may be true. But it's also clear that the Magic were right 
to bring Bamba along slowly. That they were right to, to see this raw 19-year-old kid with a lot of talent and a lot of ability that he's displayed so far this year and not pump the brakes on him, but to put him in, in a small role that, that he could succeed. To not throw too much at him. To not ruin his confidence in some way. The Magic needed to bring him along slowly. And that's what they've done. His minutes are relatively down. He's playing the backup center minutes. And Nikola Vucevic has been a revelation. There's been no rush to throw Bamba in there longer than they have to throw him in there. Now granted, Bamba's had his moments. Like that opening night game where you know he debuted with, I think it was what, 12 points. 13 points, 7 rebounds, 2 blocks. That was more than anyone could have expected. And, and as the game wound down, as it got close, fans clamored after the game ended that Bamba should have finished it off. Bamba's had moments in, in strong games where he's played the closing minutes. I think the Sacramento game, he played the closing minutes. And He's looked like a rookie. And that's going to be the general takeaway is, is he looks like a rookie. And Nikola Vucevic has been so good, there's been no reason to treat Bamba otherwise. And then Bamba, you know, told the, told the media uh, uh, on Sunday before the Magic left for Dallas, he told uh, John Denton of OrlandoMagic.com, you know, I, li- I appreciate that the Magic want me to earn everything. That Steve Clifford's the kind of coach that makes you earn everything. You want that approach from a young player. You want that, that that young player to accept that challenge. And frankly, the Magic are playing Bamba the exact right amount of minutes when you watch him play. When you see the things that he's doing. Because, you know, his, his, his stat line this year was never going to be a judge of much. 6.6 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, 1.3 blocks per game. Gets the job done. And we've seen him make some incredible plays. The play that that sticks out to me most was a play from the Magic's game at Portland. When C.J. McCollum thought he had Bamba beat. And Bamba somehow blocked the shot before it hit the backboard. It's a layup. Took Took it almost out of his hand. Bamba is able to make these incredible plays. And really for me this year is all about the flashes of brilliance. Just prove that you can play at the NBA level. Consistency will come later, but prove that you can make an impact at the NBA level in the role that you're given. I think Bamba's done that. But it hasn't quite been in the way we all expected. Sure, Bamba's got a nice block rate. 1.3 blocks per game is is more than good. More than you could expect from him. He's, he's able to change shots and, and get two shots. But... He's also been out of position defensively. Maybe going for blocks a little too much. Maybe a step slow to react. And it's fair for him to be a step slow to react because after all, he is a rookie adjusting to NBA speed. It's not something you can just roll out of bed and do. Very few players can. And and Steve Clifford is right to continue preaching patience and saying, look, it's hard for a rookie to come in and play at the level that He'll eventually be. He needs to go through this ringer once before he reaches the elite level. But the statistics also show something a little troubling with Mo Bamba. 
Opponents are shooting 65% at the rim against him. The Magic give up 110.9 points per 100 possessions with Bamba on the floor. It's the worst mark for any regular rotation player on the team. Teams are attacking Mo Bamba at the moment. Some of it because, yeah, bigs, stronger bigs, can muscle him out of the way. And we've literally seen that happen on several occasions this year. Where Bamba's in good position, then all of a sudden he takes a blow and he's not. Some of the concerns that, that existed about Mo Bamba coming out of Texas, not so much about his motor, but just his awareness and second jump, appear to be a little bit true. I don't want to completely knock the awareness part because I think when I watch Mo Bamba, I see a guy who is trying to get to the right spot, but hasn't quite picked up the speed or the awareness to get there first. And I think that's normal for a rookie. I think we saw it, and we're still seeing it a little bit, with Jonathan Isaac, who's essentially still in his rookie year, where they, they, they're they able to get to the right spot. They're able to recover sometimes, and, and Bamba's able to recover and still block shots. So he's he's still fine. But they recognize and diagnose plays just a half second late, just a split second late. And in the NBA, that's enough. Bamba, I think, has been able to get away on his length and his athleticism for a long time. He's been able to just trade on that and dominate games defensively on that. And the NBA asks for something a little bit different. The NBA asks that you dominate on that. But you got to have the other parts of your game too. And that's, that's always a big thing for players to learn defensively is how they fit into the scheme. The other thing that I notice a lot about Bamba is he doesn't use his length effectively defensively. The old trope that you learn in elementary school when you first start playing basketball is on defense, your hands are up. You do your defensive slides with your hands up and out. With Mo Bamba, if you watch the tape, and I provided a few clips on OrlandoMagicDaily.com earlier this week. If you watch the tape, Bamba's arms are curiously at his side a lot. Instead of using his length to clog passing lanes, he makes himself a little bit skinnier. Is some of this confidence? Is some of this, you know, trying to process everything out there and and not playing on instinct as much. Who knows? Only only Mo knows. Only Steve Clifford knows. Only the coaching staff knows. But I think Mo Bamba's defense and, and the Magic's defense in general would increase dramatically if Bamba simply put his hands up a little bit more as he goes down the lane, as he plays pick and rolls, as he goes for block shots, honestly. Just making it a little bit harder. This is all part of the growing process. Last week, Bamba told Chris Hayes of the Orlando Sentinel that he is not happy with how he's played so far this year. And and I think, statistically, I would say Bamba has played exactly how I expected. He's had flashes of brilliance, which is really all I want to see. At, overall, as an observer, Bamba's meeting my expectations and, and, and really exceeded them in some ways, where I, I think his offensive game is a lot further along than we thought with, with his perimeter shooting taking a big step. The other aspects of his game, especially his, his, his strength training, 
that will come in time. That's not a solve today issue. That's that's a summer issue, really. Again, this this summer, this season to me with Mo Bamba, it's really about proving that he belongs, that he is an NBA player, that he can hold his own, and that he can survive the season. It's not about role or statistics quite yet with him. For instance, I wouldn't if if let's say Nikola Vucevic gets hurt, I wouldn't start Mo Bamba yet. I would I would start Ken Birch. I'd, I'd keep Bamba in the role that he's currently in for the moment. Consistency is going to be an issue. That's that's fine. And right now, Bamba is struggling a little bit. Teams are adjusting to him and and, and figuring out how to how to attack him on both ends of the floor. And that's why I think we're seeing some of his struggles, or at least it feels like he's struggling a little bit. But defensively is where he really has to step up his game. Defensively is where we thought he'd make the biggest impact, and frankly, he hasn't made that much of an impact. True, he's in bad defensive lineups, featuring Jaron Grant, who is a passable defender, but again, struggles a lot on the offensive end. Evan Fournier now is in that lineup, and he is a better defender, but not a plus defender yet, I would say. You got... You know, Terrence Ross, who's having to carry a lot more of the scoring load, he's a pretty good defender most of the time. Bamba struggled in that front then. Bamba has failed to meet defensive expectations, at least. Then again, he makes brilliant blocks, he makes tough blocks, and you begin to rethink that notion. Because you know what he can be. Orlando's seen what he can be, in, in some respect. But this is a learning year. This is a year of trial and error. This is a year of getting up to speed. And Bamba's just not there yet. And that's okay. He's a rookie. But Bamba's just not there yet for this team. On the other front, on the offensive front, though, the Magic, uh, last time I checked, were 25th in the league in offensive rating. Um, not a surprise. We figured Orlando would have a poor offense, um, but that number's been slipping. They were up in the in the high 20s for a little while, um, but the last two games, certainly their two worst back-to-back offensive performances of the season, has them dropping back just a little bit. The Magic offense struggles for a number of reasons. They don't have a lot of shooting. They don't have a great creator. They don't have great drivers. Um, but a big reason why this team is struggling undoubtedly, is their free throw shooting. It's not that the Magic are poor free throw shooters. They're actually pretty good from the foul line, I would say. No, what, what, what's, what's the problem here, as many Magic fans know, is their inability to get to the line at all. The Orlando Magic, currently as we sit here today, have a 19.2 free throw rate. That's free throw attempts over field goal attempts. Essentially, for every five field goal attempts the Magic take, they have one free throw. This has a number of factors and a number of things that this causes. A big reason why Dallas was able to pull away and win the game running away was A, the Magic fouled a lot, but B, they got to the line so much more. In fact, the Magic and the Mavericks had essentially the same number of fouls in Monday's game. But more of Dallas's fouls led to free throw attempts. Again, Orlando shot only five free throws. 
And again, there was that frustration last Wednesday against the Denver Nuggets when the Magic didn't shoot a free throw for the first three quarters. I believe I heard it was the first time that's ever happened in NBA history. The Magic simply are not getting to the line. And it's hard to say why this is the case. It's hard to say why the Magic simply cannot get to the foul line. They're driving as much as any team in the league. They're taking the same kind of shots, but they just can't get the whistle. The The, the easy answer is there's anti-Magic bias. That's the conspiracy-laden answer, but it's not true. It's simply not true. By the way, the Magic are 10th in the league in free throw percentage. So they make the free throws when they get there. They just don't get there. How do the Magic learn how to draw fouls? It is a crazy question. Some of it is they're really good at creating open perimeter shots when their offense is clicking at least. When they're trying to drive, when they're trying to get into the lane to create fouls, their guys aren't great at doing it. They're not good finishers to begin with, and they struggle to to gain contact. I, I would honestly argue some of their players just don't seek contact out. Simmons is really good at it. He's really good at finding contact, but you know, Aaron Gordon's so acrobatic, he's able to avoid fouls. Um, I, I think Evan Fournier is not someone who, who seeks out contact. Nikola Vucevic is good at stepping out on the perimeter and, and fading away a little bit and doing hook shots, so he doesn't really get people off their feet and, and go to the foul line. And it's one of Vucevic's big weaknesses as a center uh, offensively is that he doesn't get to the line at all. This free throw issue sounds relatively benign, but it is actually a huge problem. A huge problem that, that we're seeing play out again and again and again. When Orlando needs buckets, when they're struggling to make shots, their inability to get the foul line causes droughts. And that leads to the blowout victories that we've seen over the last few days. That leads to the Magic wasting a fantastic offensive effort against the Denver Nuggets. Now, the first step, of course, is, is to keep that free throw discrepancy low is to not foul on your end. But I would argue that the lack of free throw attempts makes the Magic's margin for error already so tiny, that much smaller. It puts... Pressure on every free throw. Every free throw miss for the Magic feels like a big deal. Because they don't know when they're getting to the line again. They don't know when they're getting those shots. And, you know, for efficiency's sake, taking and shooting a shot where you shoot 78% is much more better of a chance of you making it than shooting a shot where you're hoping to hit 50. It's a 70% chance over a 50% chance. Free throws are good. And Orlando just doesn't get to the line or take advantage of any of this. To me, this is really the factor that's holding the Magic back offensively. By almost any other metric, the Magic are right there. You add the free throws you need, now, you add even just average free throws, 
Orlando's raw scoring output would probably jump from 26 to the middle of the pack, right where they want to be offensively. But their inability to make foul shots hurts them. Their, their field goal percentage is 21st in the league. Their three-point field goal percentage is 15th. This is the profile of a team that, that should be a lot more consistent and better offensively, if not for the foul shots. If not for the lack of free throw shooting. That is the big thing for Orlando. It's, it's something that Clifford has talked about uh, trying to figure out how to solve, but it's, it's a tough one to solve. As these guys, the players on the Magic's team just don't create fouls. And it's not an easy thing to learn. I mean, it, it, they, they tried teaching Victor Oladipo how to do it for several years and he couldn't figure it out until he got to Indiana either. So when the Magic do get to the foul line more, when the Magic do play that aggressive style, they win more often than not. But so far, they aren't finding that path home. And the free throw problems continue to hold this team back. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic are in Mexico City right now prepping for their pair of quote-unquote home games coming up this weekend. The Magic will take on the Chicago Bulls on Thursday at 9.30. That is our next game. Check out Locked on Bulls for the latest on the Chicago Bulls. We'll have a complete preview of that game coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.